What's up, everybody? It's Jeffrey Lyles. You are listening to Lyles Movie Files. Got a big show. We are going to talk about all of the craziness of Spider-Man 3, because it's like a million people, including maybe some people on this show appearing in this movie, which apparently is going to be the biggest blockbuster in all-time Spider-Man movies. And also, we had a homework assignment. We are going to tell you our proposal for our very own Hallmark slash Lifetime Christmas movie. So let's get this bad boy going. What's up, little brother? How are you tonight? I'm doing good, man. I'm ready ready to go to Hollywood and get my screen credit on. Well, hey, man, they're going to need some content from somebody. Jay King, what's up with you, man? Oh, cool, man. I'm live in the Quiet Storm studio here. And uh, you can tell by the mood that is set where I'm at. Uh, very introspective. Very yeah, Amazing. this is when I needed to video this so you all could see his Apple influence <laughs> background, the Tim Cook. I mean, I think he's got a, a <laughs> turtleneck here. He's rocking the full Apple. It's a cardigan. Yeah, okay, there you go. Close enough. Oh, yeah. Got, got the beanie cap on, the headphones. He is ready. To go. I've got the beanie. I've got the glasses. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm going for a vibe here. I'm yeah. It, it, hey, you're our. Let's see. Let me write it like a tweet. Like a like I'm 15. Jay King was a full mood tonight. You got to add some more to that. It, got, it needs more hashtags. Okay. No. Huh. Find out why Jay King was a full mood tonight on the Loud Movie Files podcast. Kim Hashtag Lyle's Movie Files. Hashtag Kim Files. <laughs> <laughs> how did that you do this? <laughs> that's, how you, that's how you get that traffic, baby. Okay, so let's just go right in. Spider-Man 3 has been nuts with the casting rumors and news. Apparently, I mean, I feel like any of this has actually been confirmed because Marvel Studios confirms nothing. But uh looks like Alfred Molina who we last saw as Dr. Octopus in the highly acclaimed Spider-Man 2, is going to be showing up. And also, later on in the day, we heard more rumors that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are also going to be showing up in this film. And Kirsten Dunst and Emma Stone are also likely to show up in some capacity. The latter one, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but since we've had two Spider-Man films since then, it seems a bit tricky because she shouldn't be around unless it's a flashback to events in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And we already have Jamie Foxx coming back as Electro. And we already know that Benedict Cumberbatch is showing up as well. How does this work, fellas? We're going to get our Into the Spider-Verse Spider-Man movie. Is it going to collapse under the weight of all these co-stars? but it is a Marvel Studios film. So I think the track record of juggling large ensembles is pretty decent since it's the highest grossing film ever. What do you guys think? Okay. I think Dr. Strange... dramatic pause. Yeah, because I'm like, okay, I think Dr. Strange is like just going to bring out the whole multiverse and just like, I don't know what, I mean, how his movie is just going to be the gateway for everything to collapse into the Marvel universe that they actually want from like Fox properties. <laughs> and I'm thinking Nash kind of had like, all right, we had, we set up 
the Amazing Spider-Man 2 set up a Sinister Six movie. We should have got. I I mean, I, I like Tom Holland, but I I, I did like I, I like our Andrew Garfield uh, feel a lot. Uh, so I'm thinking they're just like, hey, we're gonna use the good parts. We're gonna acknowledge the old actors. Uh, I don't really know why we're gonna even mention the whole dancing Tom. Uh, what's his name? Toby McGuire. Guy too. But I mean, I'm ex. I I I think. I was afraid when Captain Marvel, I mean, uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier, when they, not Winter Soldier, but uh, Civil, Civil War, War, when they were starting to release all those, it's like, wait, y'all can't, dude, this is way too complicated a movie. And then they're like, no, we can. We just actually write a script and, you know, figure out where we're going next after the script. It's a lot easier than just like, hey, let's just throw some people in here. Let's see what happens. Let's, let's uh, wing it. I think you get them enough time. And they probably have been working on it since the last Spider-Man. Like, hey, we have a nice break. We know where we're going with WandaVision. We know where we're going with uh, Captain uh, Doctor Strange. So we can do all this other stuff. And I mean, hell, we're probably going to use it as a springboard for mutants and Sinister Six and everything else that we want in the Marvel Universe. Now, since we own basically, we, we are the Marvel Universe now, beside that little pocket of spider Spider-Verse that we're now going to be quietly probably acquiring as well. Uh, something else that was kind of interesting, I am anticipating Tom Holland's Spider-Man going into the Tobey Maguire universe as he finishes saving 400 people and takes off his mask. He goes, whoa! Well, who he's are got you? Mask. But he's got to not say anything at all until he takes off his mask. Exactly, because he's Spider-Man. Until it's absolutely time. And everyone, hey, I'm Peter Parker, just in case. Uh, you know. I, I'm, I work with Daily Bugle. I take the pictures. You know, anyone know me? Hey, I got Twitter now. Hey, oh, okay, no, all right. <laughs> yeah, Tobey Maguire's Spider Man probably has a Twitter that says, not Peter Parker. Sorry, I was really trying to make you spill that drink there. No. Okay. <laughs> He's really trying so hard. But right. Javon. We've got another new addition that's rumored to show up in this movie now. Charlie Cox, who was the star and lead of the Daredevil Netflix series, is also rumored to be showing up. And the I don't know how these deals work, but who's Mar I don't know how characters from Marvel can get incorporated into Netflix Marvel and then be under some licensing deal that Marvel Studios can't use. But apparently he's freed up now. His contract is set and he's free and Daredevil is free to come into Marvel Studios proper. And it seems like Kevin Feige is a fan of Charlie Cox and wants to have him as Daredevil. No rumors, no news on anyone else. But he at least survived the great Netflix purge, Order 66. And so he survived and he's going to come through. Now, is there anybody else that you want to see make it through from the Netflix corner that we don't like to talk about in parties of the Marvel TV universe? Um, I'm going to say who was, to me, the best lot, and that's going to be John Bernthal's Punisher. Um, I, I wonder what they plan on doing with these series. Um, because they were they were pretty good. I mean, people felt the way they felt about what was the one. Uh, 
Iron Fist. With the young lady. No, no oh, Iron Jessica Fist Jones. was okay. I like Iron Fist. Jessica Jones, yeah. Uh, people, that, that was kind of like the dark, the, the black sheep of the whole life. But they loved the I first like Jessica Jones. Season two was so bad, I didn't. I still have yet to watch season three. I don't mind it. It, it. it wasn't terrible. It's been worse on TV, you know. I'm just, I'm stuck on the Spider-Man thing of, of, of how are they going to make, this is the thing about like uh, Civil War, um, Avengers, uh, any of them. We got these mega casts. The thing that usually happens is they're not all part of the same character's universe. We've got everybody who's played Spider-Man. Why not get the guy who played Spider-Man on the old 80s or 70s uh, TV show or TV version of the show? We've played Spider-Man in this movie. I don't know how it's going to work. It's maybe, like you said, the multiverses, who knows? But I just, I, I don't know. It's just, it seems bloated, like really bloated. Like we've had the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie. And that's the thing. You're not going to spend a great deal with each one of these. If, if they do it that way, they're not going to spend a great deal of time on each one of their stories. They'll be like cameos because ultimately you have to tell the Spider-Man story you've been telling the last few movies, with the last two movies and including appearances in the Avengers films. I just uh, I don't know where they're going to go with it. I'm, I'm, it's a little troublesome, but I mean, it's Marvel. They'll figure it out. But this could be a big misfire to me. It just seems like really weird and bloated. It's too much. Too much of a good thing is not good. Stacey, you worried it's going to be too much of a good thing? I, I don't know. Well, go ahead, Chase. No, I was going to say, I, I again, Endgame had, uh, what did they say, like 65 characters um, from the previous Marvel Universe, and they did it well enough. I mean, even like, because you can do like a small cameo for like a five-minute part for like, say, uh, Toby McGuire's and Kristen Dunst. You don't have to have them in costumes. Like, do you remember how like they did it for like the CW? Their um, infinite uh, crossover. Uh, so you just have them in there for five minutes. Hey, they were there. You don't even see them. Maybe even in costume. Uh, I mean, what's the name? Uh, Peter Parker from um, the original Spider-Man could be a retired old dad kind of looking Yo, like Nicholas Hammond. Actually, looks like he could be old enough to be Uncle Ben. Which is really interesting because he's got the gray I how, hair. I mean, the Joker really looks how like how old he could totally look like be look. Well, you know, see, the interesting thing is we don't need to go to the origin of Spider-Man, which is great. You're Peter Parker. Yeah, I'm also Peter Parker. I'm dating Gwen Stacy. I'm dating Mary Jane. I'm dating MJ. What? And then we just fight somebody. And I think the Sinister Six is a perfect group for them to fight because, you know, each movie they're fighting one of them, basically. So you put three of them against could, six villains. Could Doc Ock actually come up with, like, the technology to kind of bounce from multiverse to collect the Sinister Six to fight um, Tom Holland? They could come through a portal. That's simple and easy. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange is... He's uh, messed up from something, and he starts plugging into all these other worlds and realities, and they start coming through. Doctor Strange or Spider-Man's fighting Doctor Octopus. They fall through. Uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man's fighting Electro. They both fall through, and then Tom Holland's Spider-Man is like, 
who are you guys? Who are you fighting? Whoa, that's really cool. I like your costume. I like yours too. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's an easy way to do that. I mean, you saw the animated movie, how long it took them to make that make sense. It was like, yeah, I'm Peter Parker. I'm Peter Parker. I'm Penny Parker. I'm Gwen Stacy. And they didn't spend 40 minutes trying to explain to us how they came together in the same reality. It was just, here's who they are. Well, they didn't work with it. Can you, yeah. can, you, can you tolerate seeing that in a live action film, though, with all of those actors that have put their own imprint on the Spider-Man? Okay. Well, I think it works in this case because we don't have to get reintroduced to these guys. We've already seen them, and I think if they're around to help, quote unquote, our Spider-Man, our Peter Parker, learn how to be a better hero, maybe they get killed off, or maybe they just retire off as old men like Captain America, and aren't even doing anything. Maybe Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, is retired. He's happily married with MJ, like Tom mm-hmm. Welling was in the Crisis crossover yeah. with his Superman. I think they can make it work because, st- you know, the whole deal when they started throwing in everybody on Civil War was like, well, how are they going to do this and not sacrifice Steve Rogers' story? And they did that really well. They juggled it with no problem. It was, yeah, okay. At the heart of Civil War, was it never lost sight of being a, a Steve Rogers Captain America story, even though they had pretty much all the Avengers except for Thor and Hulk hanging out with them. Shane, we we have been talking about Spider-Man Three and everybody coming on. I asked Javon about the Marvel Netflix characters, Charlie Cox the Daredevil showing up, but who else from that Netflix universe do you think would be cool to see? In Spider-Man 3. Luke Cage probably be good. Um, Luke Cage. I mean, shoot, there was there was a hell of a lot of uh, uh, the Punisher. What? The Punisher used to deal with Spider-Man too, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, that should be easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any any one of those characters like that out of the definitely little Kingpin. Netflix. None of y'all have said Kingpin uh, yet, but him for sure, Kingpin. Well, he's trying to come in, I think. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Excited about Spider-Man. Looking forward to see what they do. i run through a quick other burst of news. A lot of directors and filmmakers are not happy with these plans to make HBO Max the home for Warner Brother movies in 2021. Christopher Nolan is surprisingly upset that all the movies are coming. He said it's a terrible idea and not something that they should be doing. What do you guys think about this? Shut up, Goofy. Who cares what you think? Go back and make another convoluted movie. I mean, who cares what Christopher Nolan thinks? Seriously. When COVID, you can't go to the movie theaters. People want to see movies. Either get on with the program or Hollywood moves on without you. He's not an end-all. He ain't running nothing but his mouth. Doing too much of that. I honestly, Christopher Nolan is like, they worked with him so hard instead of just saying, hey, we can put Tenet in 2021. But they're like, no, no, it's got to be now. It's got to be here. It's going to be great. And no one's going to see it. And it's like, now you're complaining that, you know, Warner Brothers trying to cut their loss is a bad thing. Warner Brothers is like, we don't care. And if we hadn't, you, as, as a lot of people are dragging them online, it's like, you're the one who showed them why they're not going to do movies like this 
on in screen anymore because we put 200 to 300 million dollars into your movie it only got that back in international markets it got nothing in the u.s where we i mean let's be honest it's probably going to be a billion dollar movie if if it was as good as usual christopher nolan but then you just oh it's got to be now it's got to be now my 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 temper tantrum and it's like this is your fault man you you didn't know how to just shut up they would not have put their 2021 screening, their whole lineup on their streaming platform if you didn't make them do this. Because they're like, no, we're not going to waste time and wait for a vaccine. And if everything's good, yeah, we can put it back in theaters. But for some of us new HBO Max subscribers, we're okay with it. <laughs> this is exactly what he said. Some of our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important movie stars went to bed the night before thinking they were working for the greatest movie studio and woke up to find out they were working for the worst streaming service. And Nolan is a, <laughs> Nolan is a character, isn't he? I almost want to, I almost feel like he's, I almost feel like he's yelling, uh, uh, you know, somebody, they, they interfered with the election. <laughs> it's false votes. He's just, He's just out there complaining, man. I, it, what are you going to do, man? You know, in every situation, you know, there's, there's somebody being a big baby about it. And I, I don't know what he wants to do. Like, like what do you, what, what, why don't you, why don't you fund some theaters to be open then? And then you and your people <laughs> can go and watch these movie theaters then. Why don't you come out your pocket and pay for these movie theaters these movie theaters over? You have the money. You can take your I mean hell if we can rent a movie theater for ninety nine dollars, you can certainly open several and keep them going during this thing and let them come in and, and, and see your movies. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And people people need something to complain about. You know, it's almost like the Matrix. We created a perfect world, but people rejected it. You know, so we had to create this messed up joint because you know, and that was that was him. That was Nolan. He rejected the perfect world. Um, now you got this guy crying about whatever. You know, uh, he put out his movie. He cried. He put out his movie. He didn't sell. <laughs> then he cried that it didn't sell. Now, you know. Uh, People have been sitting inside. They finally made the great decision to be like, yeah, we're going to put these movies out here so people who have been waiting almost damn near a year for for these movies, we're going to finally put them out here. And now he's mad again. I mean, you know, I, it doesn't bother me that he's, he's you, I mean, you know what I mean? Dudes being a baby, dude, people, grown men being, acting like this, I just ignore it anyway. I'm just like, okay, it doesn't make any sense. So he can be mad, he can cry, he can bitch, he can moan. It's, it's going to happen. It Here's another it wrinkle to this. Legendary, who financed as much as 75% of the production costs for Dune and Godzilla vs. Kong, is considering suing Warner Brothers for this because apparently they were told about this streaming decision 30 minutes before the world got the news. Not good, Bob. But they have, uh, they're like, well, are they going to get some of this money if 
HBO Max starts bringing in a big windfall of money because they put out the lion's share to get these movies done. Warner Brothers chops in 25% and releases 100% of it to its streamers. How does that break down? And do you think that's a good idea for these companies that have co-financed stuff with Warner Brothers to lose all the money and proceeds that they have invested in these films? Good idea? No. I mean, I think it is probably a good idea for the co-financer to sue them. Um, it's kind of shows, okay, we, we, we expect to make money, most of this money on the back end, and now we're getting kind of screwed out of it. So it's a, a negotiating posture to say, hey, I'm going to sue you. Let's come back to the table and try and, like, for maybe the next six months after this movie is released, we get 50% of all new subscriber revenue. Like it's because even as a long term strategy, you're like, oh, well, you're going to be Biden Warner Brothers. They're going to be like, Warner Brothers can't make these movies without us. So they're going to come back. I think they're, Warner Brothers would come back to the table to make that happen. Like, hey, sorry. So the question we- now is, though, you could have done this in a post COVID world, but without audiences going to the theaters to bring that money back that you invest in these hundreds of millions that you pour into these movies does warner brothers need a legacy or legendary for these doom and anything that's not a comic book movie because mm-hmm. chances are it's going to be like another tenant where you know maybe it'll get 50 million they would get 100 million but not oh. those hundreds of millions they poured into it okay but so let's say like in an ideal world and next July, 65% of the world's wannabe population is vaccinated. 60, I mean, I know. If you're Warner Brothers, you still need to, people are going to go back to the theaters eventually. In 2022, people are going to go back to theaters. And they're going to need people to finance movies. They're going to need to make all the revenue they lost this year in 2021 back. They're going to need those people. And you don't want to bite it in the hand of the feed you. So I think Warner Brothers will very much be like, hey, you're right. We made a bad call not helping you. So they will be like, we'll, we'll work with you guys. And whatever kind of agreement we need to to make it work, we'll, we'll, we're okay with that. Okay. Jay King, what are you thinking? You're nodding your head over there. No, I agree. Um, too bad they couldn't get it done ahead of time. Sometimes you need this for legalities jason you know that you're in <laughs> sometimes somebody got to do something messed up for you to come back to the table and say no we'll, we'll you will we'll sue you and we'll get um a better result not just for us but for everybody moving forward because i do believe that we're entering the future of the movie going experience where it's not going to be just in the theaters when it comes to the the, the latest films coming out it's going to be in your home as well and those who make and produce this content, this content have to be they have to be compensated. Um, this is like they said, it's a it's a strategy. Um, I commend them for because they have to be paid. Without them funding these films, they don't get made. And you can't cut them out of the process. You don't. You, they're not a middleman. They 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 put the funds up to produce these films. You cannot cut them out. So they'll come to the table. They'll they'll negotiate something. The the show has to go on, and these are the people who are responsible for bringing the show to us. So now, really, we're really kind of talking another year, to be honest with you. 
because, um, like I said, once the, everybody gets vaccinated, vaccinated, then, you know, you've got that period to make sure everything's, you know, cool. Yo, and then if so that basically, don't happen, yeah. what you're saying is the vaccine is going to be like PS5 or Xbox X. Everybody wants one, but you can't get it. And then you're not even sure well, if it's not going to yeah. have a bunch of bugs that won't work right anyway. Yeah, you got to see what happens. So that's what I'm saying, another year. So why not put it out on your platform? Why not bring everybody over? Why not say, hey, we're going to corner the market and have everybody, everybody, uh, you know, watch Disney or order Disney Plus. I mean, think about the the pet market, how how that went up a thousand percent since this thing started. Everybody's got a dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, uh, right? So, like, I mean, like, yeah. So, listen, go get your um, and then when the, when the sun comes out, you'll find out how many how how overfull the shelters will be uh, when this is all over. But, like I said, for now, you got them. Bring them content. I mean, hell, who's not going to – if the movies are coming out like that on Disney, uh, Disney Plus, who's not going to do it? Who's not going to buy it? You know? You're forgetting so, all those TV I think shows, time. too. I mean, everything. That's what I'm saying. You got, you got everything. You know? And I hope they don't do it like DC did, where we've been paying for content – and then they released it on TV. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, I, as a matter of fact, I need to cancel my DC subscription. I would, but I read the comics. Like, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. if if I didn't, I'd be like, well, why am I watching this when I can just wait? And it's going to appear on TV. So hopefully Disney has a little smarter than that. Like, you've got to go to Disney to get the content. Matter of fact, when we finish this uh, phone call tonight, I might watch Mulan. It's free now. Welcome. <laughs> Come on in. Yeah, I still have to watch it too, but I was like you. I'll just wait till it's free to me. All right, fellas. Well, we did promise everybody that we were going to do this. I watched two more Christmas movies in the interim, just to let you know. I watched Married Little Christmas starring Kelly Rowland. And in this one, she is the oldest of three sisters and she and her fiance are planning their dream wedding at this big resort, expensive. It's kind of like a boomerang movie where it's just us. So that's always interesting and fun to see. They just on BT or Hallmark windows and fine. If you need something to watch, not too entirely predictable, even if nobody acted in a realistic manner. And also, I watched Throwback Holiday, or Holiday Throwback, starring Jennifer Freeman from My Wife and Kids. She has a successful wish to go back in time when she was a high schooler and gets to change her life just in time for a magical and Merry Christmas. So, fellas, I'm the big network executive. I would like to hear your pitch for this 2021 Christmas movie season. Jay King, you look like you're pondering over in the studio, so I'm going to go first with Jace. What do you got, bro? Okay, so I've watched a number of Lifetime Hallmark movies, so I can do this and almost question and answer how do you do this and make it work. So, all right. 
Got to keep up with the brand. Got to keep the paper. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here's here's my pitch. Everyone has watched one of these movies. So, all right. I have a uh, African-American woman in the big city of New York who's in a new relationship. She's a financial planner. But she gets the unexpected call from her grandfather that her grandfather is ill and she has to go home for Christmas. So... As she's home for Christmas, she finds the young kid, the young man that she used to be friends with while she was in grade school, high school, that there everyone thought could have been something there. But they've re, they now have to reconnect because of the grandfather's illness. She has to get advice from her best friend from the city. A white guy, because you can't have to, you know. Jason, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all did the same pitch, huh? (laughs) (laughs) No no confidence. Midwest, okay? (laughs) Okay. Oh, here's my twist. Because she's in a new relationship, and the, the boyfriend who was not understanding the fact that she had to leave her financial planning job in New York. He decides to come down to the South to just try and fix the relationship. So we have hijinks and all the other fun stuff. Uh, so da, da, da. Oh, and grandfather actually runs a store that the girl used to work in. So now she has to help out at the store where the old boyfriend has to come in there all the time and they rekindles the relationship and end it however you need it for Hallmark a lifetime and credits run in five seconds. We got a movie. Nice. Nice job. That's solid work there. Thank you. Thank you. I, I think I'd watch that one. I think we all are going to watch it because it's on Hallmark. <laughs> JK, what you got, man? You can you top that? What Jason said. Um, mine was it was almost to the T, but slight twist, like a Bruce's mil, uh, Bruce's Millions um, plot on it, where the dying relative, sick dying or dead relatives, the stipulation of the will is that he has to or she has to find a a love and give him a uh, produce a grandchild, great grandchild, um, by next Christmas. So you fast forward to the next Christmas and they have the kid and they keep the inheritance. Pretty much. Pretty much. That's the name of your movie, huh? Was it Christmas Miracles? A little bundle of, a little financial bundle of joy. Exactly. All finance. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) We're greenlit. Let's go. Hey, all right, Chief. I know you didn't know about this assignment, so I'm going to go next with mine. Marlon, a disgraced NBA player or CBA, CBT player, since we can't get the NBA licensing, is found to be gambling and is kicked out of the league on Christmas, prompting him to become the biggest Scrooge of them all until. He meets Mary, spelled M-E-R-R-Y, who 
rekindles the Christmas spirit and motivates him to get back into the league <laughs> and help her son who is struggling with his confidence and not being able to talk to girls or play basketball. Mine is Mary son named Chris. <laughs> yes, dude. How did you know? Come on, man. Work with me. So, yes. And then right under the mistletoe, he kissed Marley, kisses Mary, and says, now that was the perfect shot. Done! <laughs> Green light! Do we have an NBA player playing our lead, or do we have a new actor? I I feel like we can, you know, the the sad thing is with these movies, they don't really care about accuracy, so they get a 5'7 dude to play the NBA star. (laughs) (laughs) Getting somebody six foot just to work within the frame of the set. So, you know, keep them short, and we, we can make all that work. All right, well, some things do not make sense in this universe, and this is why we have our showcase for them. Fellas, it is that magical time. Who are your nominees for Dummies of the Week? Jace, let's start with you. Uh, okay, let me see what this... Uh... Oh, okay. So, my Dummy of the Week is uh, Ms. Olivia Jade Giuliani, or whatever her name Okay, uh, Lori Loughlin's kid. So she decided she needed to go on her apology tour on uh, Jada Pinkett's show, uh, The Red Room Talk or whatever the heck they're trying to call uh, And she decided that, you know, I need a second chance, you know, because it was just wrong for them to kick me out for, you know, falsifying all my credentials on scholarship, you know. I deserve a second chance to come back to USC. Uh, Jada Pinkett's mom was also, I mean, had a different perspective on that. She's like, why are we giving this young lady a platform to complain that she's been treated unfairly when she's actually taken spots from people who are actually deserving and she's rich and can go anywhere she wants. And I'm actually going to go with the, uh, Ms. Pinkett's, uh, grand, uh, Mother in saying, yeah, the fact that, kid, you're spoiled as hell, you're going to go somewhere, and you really don't, you can be a YouTuber influencer, and you don't need a college degree, and make millions of dollars that not everybody else can, so accept the new terms of life, and yeah, you, actually, she is uh, my dummy of the week, for many years, yep. Solid choice. R.J. King, what you got? You know, instead of dummy, um, we we name our dummies all the time. I want to name a hero uh, of the year right now, and that's uh, Dr. Kismikia Corbett. She's one of the uh, folks who developed the COVID vaccine that is going to potentially save a lot of lives. Uh, she's a sister out of, uh, I think, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, working at uh, NIH to develop this, man. She's at the forefront. And, you know, Dr. Fauci did a little 
uh, and a big shout out, not a little, a big shout out to her and, and, and the research team that worked on it, but it was a lot of her hard work that helped develop this thing. And she's going to be one of the people that our kids read about, you know, uh, when Black History Month rolls around, not to trivialize it in any way, but these are the people who make history. And this is, that's, that's what happens. You go into the history books. So um, thanks to her. And, um, you know, that's the thing. We, we need good news. You know, we always need some good news. We got too many fucking dummies running around. Sometimes we just need to hear about somebody who's smart and doing something for the greater good. And this is one of those times. So thank you, doctor and your team. Um, you're a hero of the year, one of the heroes of the year. Um, um, so again, short, just thank you. All right, fellas, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you for your wonderful Christmas pitches, and we'll see what happens with Lifetime next year. You on the lookout for your contracts. Thank y'all out there for listening. This episode of Miles Movie Files has been filed. <laughs>